global thinkers addressed the CBAM, the Centre for International Business Management Global Business Symposium, Green Business and Green Values. Their verdict on the state we're in as global economies enter a recession, if not a depression, and the impact of climate changes felt all over the world was uncompromising. Things are bad and we need to embrace change. Dr Christos Pitellis, the director of CBAM, said in his opening address that over the past 15 years, CBAM had always been committed to sustainability and to value-based corporate, public and global governance. Sir Crispin Tickell, director of the Policy Foresight Programme at Oxford University, expanded on these themes. It's fair to say that I'm an optimist of the will but a pessimist sometimes about the technology that's involved. You, a, lot of the, a lot of the solutions are known, a lot of the awareness is creeping around everywhere, but of course I'm an optimist because we all have to live, and it's hard for me not to be an optimist because I foresee the kind of life my children are going to lead as being very different from mine, and what I want to do is to make it as nice as I possibly can. Sir Crispin Tickell says he's optimistic about our ability to adapt and embrace sustainable global values. He thinks women and education hold the key to the future. The population problem is one that's a bit unfashionable at the moment, but I believe it to be absolutely vital, and there are four ways of dealing with it, which I think, again, are beginning to be better understood. One is to improve the status of women, because when women have the same status as men, you usually find that the population levels off, at least. Uh, the second is that you should have care in old age, so that people don't feel they have to have babies in order that they can be looked after when they're old. The next one is... Um, availability of contraceptive devices when they should be there. And last one, best, almost the most important, is equal education for boys and girls, so that education is a, something which goes to all human beings, not just to one sex. And that is, I do assure you, a very big issue in certain parts of the world, like Africa, where that is just simply not the case. It's almost a humanitarian sketch that you paint as much as a global green business sketch. I think it probably is, because I think that the green story is an absolutely marvellous story and it's the most important element in it but it goes much wider it covers all the issues of resource depletion human multiplication respect for other animal species um, and of course the thing that we're doing at the moment is changing the climate or as I prefer to say destabilising the climate so that it becomes more difficult to calculate the future, more difficult to know what's going to happen next. So can businesses change in time? Sir Crispin Tickell thinks so. Addressing business risk and making use of opportunities holds the key to the future. I think that business is already beginning to have the will to change, and I believe it can change, yes. I mean, business is full of unpredictabilities, whatever happens. But this particular set of unpredictabilities is perhaps wider than ever before. But I, I no way do I despair of business finding out ways in which they can cope with things. As, it's, business is always about assessing risks and making use of opportunities. And in, well, what we don't want to do is to find people going back to thinking that the formulas which worked in the past are going to work in the future, but try to assess all the new possibilities for business, as well as the many hazards that lie ahead. Religious values will become more important to the green business agenda, and Islamic values are said to embrace environmental sustainability. Sir Crispin Tickell says religion and environmental respect are often linked across different religions. I think that 
the, the religious background to much of the environment is very important and I think that all the big religions have always got a kind of respect for the environment. Indeed I run various seminars myself on Islam and the environment because respect for the environment is written into the Quran and indeed you will find that wherever you go respect for nature is written into everything that, that exists. So that's, as far as I'm concerned, religion and environmental respect are very closely tied together. Dr Narina Hertz, Associate Director of CBAM, is a well-known business and environment campaigner. She sees the global business environment giving way to a new realism about the values of capitalism. We're moving, she says, from Gucci capitalism to cooperative capitalism. I think that the past era of capitalism that we're just emerging out of was one in which one believed that markets could self-regulate, that all businesses were good, that human beings were nothing more than profit-maximising individuals and that governments really should less spare. And it was an era in which um, it really became more shameful to not have your latest pair of Nike sneakers or your Gucci handbag than to be in debt. I mean, the average number of credit cards an American has is nine. It was an era that was very much um, measured by material wealth and success, um, an era built in opaqueness where um, boards of directors were more likely to um, go out and play golf together than actually hold the company to account. And clearly what this financial crisis has done is it has really blasted open wide um, the inherent problems in the former system of capitalism. And why I think we're moving forward into a new era um, is for a number of reasons. Dr Hertz thinks we're witnessing the first collective crisis of global capitalism and there is now an increasing realisation that we stand or fall together. Some commentators have said that they think that this crisis um, is, mo is really to be compared with the Russian crisis or the dot-com crisis or the Japanese crisis. These were all crises that to some extent were contained. In fact, the fashionable theory was that um, economies were decoupled in today's day and age. And so if you did have problems in one region or economy or sector, it wouldn't spread ultimately into the rest of the world. Uh, today what we're seeing is the first collective crisis of globalization, the first collective lose-lose, where the effects are so profound, where the consequences are going to be so bad for so many in terms of jobs lost, in terms of companies going bankrupt, in terms of people losing their income, that um, it's a manifestation of how, in an interconnected world, we stand or fall together. The fact that Taiwan, for example, you know, a little country but that is export-oriented is going to suffer an 11% drop in GDP this year through no fault of its own shows how in this global world um, we either swim or drown together.
At this crossroads of capitalism, Dr Hertz thinks the choices for governments and businesses are about embracing a wholesale change and acting for the public good. We have a choice, and by we, I mean the general public, political leaders, business leaders, leaders within civil society, academics, thinkers. We have a choice to make. We are, as you say, at a critical juncture. Do we um, retain the values of the old system of capitalism? Um, do we retain a naive belief that somehow profits are necessarily correlated with what is good for society? Do we retain the myth that the tide will rise all boats, despite the fact that all the research shows that social mobility in the United Kingdom and the United States has not improved in 30 years, despite the fact that a growing chasm is emerging between society and the economy? Or are we brave? And do we fully embrace a new form of capitalism, co-op capitalism, which has as at its core values of collaboration, cooperation and communication? Anglo-American values, says Dr Hertz, will have to adapt and change, and those of the Islamic world will become increasingly important. It would be very, very naive and inward-looking to think that the Anglo-American Gucci version of capitalism you know, will remain dominant in an era in which China, Brazil, India, G20 countries, um, the Muslim world are gaining in economic power, are gaining in voice, are gaining in... Um, collaboration between them and these these countries were never wedded or and in fact were actually very critical of the form of capitalism that was dominant in the UK in the US and then adopted by most other countries um, so it would be quite strange to think that 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 we would be move forward in the same way as the past in fact we're much more likely to start having to assume some of the values of these countries the british government has set a lead on the global stage for the need to cut carbon emissions and is trying to transform the way businesses operate Britain has become the first country in the world to set a legally binding target to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 80% by 2050. Professor Vicky Price is Chief Economic Advisor and Director General of BUR, the Department for Business Enterprise and Regulatory Reform. What we're trying to do is um, mainstream low carbon. In other words, make sure that everything the businesses do in the future uh, has a low carbon content in it, in the sense that everything we produce is done in a different way to ensure that we meet some of the targets that we have set. In particular, we've set a very, very demanding target of 80% reduction in carbon emissions by 2050 by comparison to 1990. That means that we absolutely have to change fundamentally the way in which we're doing business. So government is here to encourage businesses to understand what we uh, have set in motion, to seize the challenge and see that there are serious opportunities in this for them and regulate as little as possible but encourage technology and innovation to take place for us to gain a competitive advantage in this area. Britain's thought leadership, says Professor Price, is setting a lead to other world leaders and governments.
It is in preparation for a number of uh, sort of international meetings that are coming up. There's a G20 where the UK has taken a real lead in pushing the green message. Uh, we've already seen that um, Obama has followed our example in terms of announcing a green stimulus. We've already done some of that in the PBR. Uh, we're moving towards Copenhagen where we're going to be negotiating the uh, post-Kyoto agreement. And to give a lead... Uh, in this area is absolutely essential if we are to achieve our aims. The current financial crisis, says Professor Price, is an opportunity to stimulate green business and move towards a low-carbon economy in the future and into a sustainable recovery. The current recession has its origins in, in things which have, are not necessarily related to anything that we have been talking about on the climate change front. Um, but what is happening, and the unfortunate thing about the, the current uh, crisis, is that quite a lot of the money that should have been available to allow for um, investment in green technologies that we had been anticipating is simply not forthcoming. So the government has had to step in. And what we don't want is, in the middle of this recession, people to forget what our ultimate aim is, uh, which is to ensure that we move towards a low-carbon economy. The British government's low-carbon strategy aims to engage business leaders in this process of global change. We can only do it if we take business with us. And the whole point of our um, new uh, low-carbon industrial strategy and certainly having a summit on that pretty soon is to get business seriously engaged so that we do achieve it. Mm -hmm.